I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. With 11 Tony Awards, a Pulitzer, and a Grammy, the musical Hamilton is the hottest play to hit Broadway in decades. Some go so far as to say that the show's creator, Lin-Manuel Miranda, saved the Broadway musical as a genre by reaching and making it feel relevant to a new generation. Could Hamilton, which tells the life story of our nation's first Treasury Secretary, have a similar impact on the teaching of U.S. history in American high schools? That's the vision behind the Hamilton Project, a major new effort to get the musical in the hands of kids, first in New York City and eventually nationwide. I'm Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of Education Next, and I'm joined today by Wayne DeOrio, a veteran education journalist and the author of the article, Hamilton Goes to High School, which will appear in the summer 2017 issue of EdNext and is available now at educationnext.org. Wayne, welcome to the EdNext podcast. Thanks for having me, Marty. Now, I want to hear how the Hamilton Project, or EduHam, as I guess it's called, got started, but I wonder if you'd begin by taking us into Richard Rogers Theater at 10 a.m. on a typical Wednesday morning. Who's in the audience and what's happening on stage? Well, the, the theater is, uh, sees about 1,300 people, and they're all 11th grade New York City students, and they've been chosen from Title I schools. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, they have to imagine getting buses to 46th Street in New York is not so easy because they're coming from about 15 different locations. So it's a real nightmare. The road is blocked off. But what's cool is they open the stage door, and the students who will be performing that day get to walk past all their peers, and they go in the stage door. So it's kind of a great way to start the day for them, and they get to go backstage and and warm up and practice and and be nervous together. And so the students in the audience are students from New York City high schools who are coming first to hear other students from New York perform? Who are the students who are performing, and what exactly are they doing? Exactly. Well, the program, the program, that, run, the program that runs has, has already run in all of the, the 15 schools that make up the audience for that day. So they've done a two or three days' worth of work on, on, um, on Hamilton and diving into some primary documents from that time period from the Founding Fathers. And what they, in part of the program, in terms of learning it and learning how to read primary documents that are 200 plus years old, is they created a piece of art themselves. So everybody in the audience has also created a piece of art. It could be a scene, it could be a song, it could be a rap battle, it could be anything. And then uh, about 15, one from each school, are chosen to present on stage. And they're chosen at their own schools uh, on the basis of uh, merit and interest, I assume? Yes, exactly. And so tell us what happens when the performance gets underway. What's it like? Oh, my gosh. It's, it is, it's crazy because the kids come out and immediately, you know, which, you know, which group is represented because that, that part of the theater explodes in, in applause. Um, and some of them are just so dynamic in their, you know, and they... they they're original things, but they're rooted in that time of the play, so they don't have to be about Hamilton. They don't have to even be about anybody who's in the play, but they have to be from that time period. So, for instance, somebody uh, redid a Drake song uh, about the Boston Tea Party, which, again, is not mentioned in the play at all, but 
you know, brought the house down as soon as the kids realized what he was doing. There's other ones where the uh, the two women that were involved with Hamilton have a have a scene that is not, it's certainly not in the play where they go at each other and they kind of trash talk each other and it, it it gets so it got so loud in the theater that you really couldn't even hear the end of it. The kids were so enthusiastic and they were hooting and hollering. And uh, then after the session, you say the students break for lunch, but then they come right back and they get to enjoy the musical Hamilton itself. Is that right? Exactly, exactly. It's kind of a logistical, um, well, I wouldn't say nightmare because they figured out how to do it, but the kids walk in New York, they walk about, a, they walk a couple of blocks away to um, actually a nightclub that is not open because it's, it's the middle of the day, right? It's, it's like a noon. Um, they, have, they bring their lunch with them. They have their lunch there, and then they come back to the theater. So all told, they have about an hour and a half break to, to walk to the place where they're going to eat lunch and then to kind of walk back. And then at 2 o'clock, the matinee starts, and it goes right until 5. So uh, all told, you know, it's a pretty full day at the theater for these kids. I mean, they're there from 10 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock at night. So how did all this get started? Who was it who first recognized Hamilton's potential value as a tool for engaging students in U.S. history? Well, really, the, the people who put on the play, so Lin-Manuel Miranda and uh, Jeffrey Seller, the producer, um, they had both done things in the past. Lin had done his play in the Heights, and he had, he had had some student performances for that. And Jeffrey Seller, his first big hit was Rent, and he had some student he brought some students in in a different program to see that play. So they were both thinking that way. And this play, as you might know, it took a long time to gestate as, as Lynn wrote it. And so in, those, in, in the intervening years, he had gone to the White House in 2009 and performed a song that he had kind of just written. That was the first song of the play. And he said later that he said, I knew this was going to be good for kids because when that video went up on, on YouTube, he said the first, all the comments were, my teacher made me watch this in A-Push, which, as you know, is AP U.S. History. Uh, so everybody was kind of hip to it before it even opened, so that when it opened, people were really ready. Now, let's talk money here. Uh, tickets for Hamilton, as I understand it, start out close to $200, and the best seats go for as much as $850. The play sold out through the end of this year. Students obviously aren't paying those prices themselves, so... How's this all getting done? Um, well, that's a good question because you're right. You're, you're right about, about all, all those facts. Um, the Rockefeller Foundation originally, back in October 2015, they put up about a million and a half dollars for two parts of the program. One was to pay Gilder Lehrman to create the curriculum that the students go through, and the other part of the, of the funds was to subsidize 60%, $60 for every student ticket. So the plays... Um, producers and creators agreed to knock the ticket price for these student matinees, of which there are uh, 15. So that's so they're going to do 15 all student matinees, and they agreed to knock the ticket price for those shows only down to $70, which is basically the cost. It, they they can run the play without a loss. So that's their break-even point: $70, 1,300 seats. And so Gilder uh, Rockefeller Foundation paid for 60 of the $70, and they wanted the students to pay a Hamilton $10 um, just so they would have some investment in the play. And that's how we got to the math. And so the play's creators are uh, not taking a loss, but they're clearly leaving some money on the table here. 
No, absolutely. I, and obviously, with the you know, with the tickets going for what they are, and they're sold out, like you say, until the end of the year. Absolutely. Now, as you mentioned, the Rockefeller Foundation subsidized the ticket prices, but also the creation of curriculum by Gilder Lehrman. What what is Gilder Lehrman, and and what's the curriculum that they've put together look like? Um, well, they have about a twenty page student performance guide. They're a group that does a lot of curriculum. Um, in U.S. history, so they're perfectly situated for this. They do they do a lot of programs around AP U.S. history, for instance. Um, and when the the play's creators, um, Lynn Manuel's father, actually Mark Seller, came to Gilder Lehrman for the first pitch, um, Tim Bailey, who wrote the curriculum, he pulled out something he had just completed, which was uh, called Vietnam in Verse. And what he had done was he had created a, a lesson plan on how students can learn about Vietnam through songs that were popular at that time period. And so they saw the combination of music and history and accuracy, and they said, you know, this is, this is the people we want to do this. And so what he did was he went through a song. Uh, one of the, the big parts of the program is he took a song that Lin-Manuel wrote, and he deconstructed it, and he went back to the original two documents that Lin-Manuel used create the song, and he has students kind of trace every line back to those original documents so he can see where they got the information and then how he changed it when he put it into lyrics. And then he has them read a couple of pieces themselves, pull out key vocabulary words, rephrase it in their own words so they kind of get a real understanding of the pieces. Um, and that all sets them up to then create their own piece. Now, one of the aspects of Hamilton that's gotten some discussion is the fact that although the play is clearly based on Hamilton's life story and packed with historical content, it also includes some inaccuracies uh, that Miranda engaged in for the purposes of uh, telling the story, making it compelling to a contemporary audience. What do students learn about that aspect of the sort of art of creating historical fiction? Well, I think they, you know, they, they get the idea of how he, he goes from actual documents. And I mean, there are, uh, we should also mention that Gilder Lehrman has created a, uh, a web portal for all these students to go to that has about 10 videos, has pieces of, I think, five to seven songs that they can see. And some of these videos are literally Lin-Manuel Miranda reading a love letter that Hamilton wrote to his be, be, Eliza before she was his wife. Um, and so he, they see how he went from those original documents, not to mention Ron Chernow's, you know, acclaimed biography of Hamilton, how he went from the documents and the biography, and he turned that into, you know, into what, what is a, a two-hour and 45-minute play. Now... Earlier this year, a touring company of Hamilton opened in Chicago and San Francisco. Are there plans to use Eduham in those cities? Yes, there are. They've already started in Chicago, and I know the play has opened. And now Chicago is going to be a Chicago is a separate production, and so that is a permanent production that's in Chicago. And they've started the education program there just last month, actually. Um, the San Francisco is the first stop on the touring, the touring company that's going to go to Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and, and many other cities. And on that, uh, with the touring company, they are going to do the production in San Francisco, but I don't think they've guaranteed that they're going to be able to pull it off at every other stop. I think they're going to try to. They certainly haven't nailed down those details yet.
And eventually, of course, students will have the opportunity to perform Hamilton themselves. At what point in the process does a Broadway show go from being something that's performed only professionally to something that can be used in American high schools? There's no real hard and fast rule. Um, People seem to think it'll be about five years before high schools are allowed to do productions of it. But obviously, once that's allowed, there are a couple of officials who who deal with with these types of playwrights, um, and they estimate that the play may be produced at more than 600 schools when when it's first available. Now, it's obviously much too soon to judge Eduham's long-term impact on students' historical knowledge or sort of engagement, Uh, but you point in the article to some examples of the response this is generating from educators in particular. Can you tell us a little bit about how this is being received so far? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and it's funny because Gilder Lehrman can barely point out that it is a short program. We're talking two or three days in the classroom, and so he doesn't expect that really be able to draw maybe a straight line from this to increase test scores on, you know, the NAEP tests, for instance. Um, but what he hopes it does, and what certainly teachers have been telling me, um, is that it engages the kids in a way that they have never seen. I mean, we're talking about documents that are 240 years old, and to get kids to read, you know, the Federalist Papers and actually have some interest in them and understand what they mean, where, you know, where they come from and what they mean for the country, um, that has certainly been interesting for for teachers all over, and and not and I'll mention that not only teachers within this program. I mean, there's teachers all over the country already who are using this because of the the soundtrack has been out and the information is out. There's there's a book about the play, and so there's a lot of material to draw from, even there. And so the curricular content that Gilder Lehrman has created is readily available to teachers around the country. No, that curriculum is actually only where the play is going to be produced. What, they're tr- what they are trying to do is they're trying to protect, protect a little bit the, um, you know, the experience of seeing a play. And so the kids who are in the Gilder Lehrman program are only from the cities where the production is being held so that they can then go see the play. And so every, not all high school kids throughout the country can go to this website and see these exclusive videos. But obviously the hope is that they're going to, continue and go farther. And interestingly enough, we've published research in Education Next that uh, by Jay Green at the University of Arkansas that really uh, tries to document the value of actually seeing theater done in person and the benefits that has even relative to, say, consuming something similar in content through video uh, in terms of enhancing students' empathy and their sort of ability to put themselves in the shoes of others. So, there does seem to be some value to trying to really capitalize on the opportunity where you can uh, have students engage with the play directly themselves as the audience. Yeah, no, I agree. And while they're, you know, the aim was to, and they're going to have 20,000 11th graders from, from New York City go to see the play this year, they're hoping to have 35,000 by next year. And Gilder Lehrman's president, James Baster, told me that they're hoping to reach 100,000 kids in 50 to 100 cities in the next four years. Well, uh, I hope you'll continue to track the spread of Eduham and maybe come back sometime and tell us how things are progressing. I'd love to. My guest today has been Wayne DeOrio, whose article, Hamilton Goes to High School, is available now at educationnext.org. Wayne, thanks for taking the time to join me.
Thanks a lot, Marty. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Ednex Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, check out our archived episodes. And if you have time, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners find us.